Welcome to the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast, a podcast for small business owners who are looking to drive profits, improve cash flow, save tax, and run a better business. Today, we've got Ray Duramis uh, from XY Advisor and Traster Wealth talking about an article we've, we've both seen online recently, and it's a little bit controversial. Money can buy you happiness if you spend it on experiences, time, or others. Whoever says you can't buy happiness doesn't know how to spend it. So, Ray, you work with a lot of clients uh, around their, their wealth and also their attitudes to money. Um, talk us through this article and, and, and what the key learnings are. Cool. Yeah, look, thanks thanks again for, for having me on, Warwick. Um, look, I think, I think this article is especially interesting because it's something the financial services industry is getting better at, at focusing on and it's rather than focusing on on money uh, from a quantitative perspective, so, you know, more is better is kind of the, the traditional view, I guess, um, really sort of learning how you're, you're spending your money and, and uh, yeah, I guess I guess articulating exactly what makes you uh, happy in life and, and aligning your money uh, as, as a result of that. Um, so to that end, I think a, a nice little introduction to this is, is a, a real simple question, certainly for what I'll ask you and, and maybe for, for your listeners to have a think about as well. But uh, if you had found... $20 on the side of the street and had a note on it which said, by five o'clock today, you would have to spend it on uh, something that would make you happy. Uh, so, you know, what what would be uh, the way that you would spend that money? Okay. Well, if, if I was that lucky to find it, I think <laughs> what I would probably do would be what would make me happy for that, that amount of money. I'd take my kids down to Terrigal Beach with uh, hopefully my wife would come along as well and we'd almost have enough money for an ice cream for all of us. I might have to miss out, but that'd be okay. Enjoying <laughs> enjoying the, the beautiful beach and the, the ice cream with my, my wife and kids. Yeah, nice, nice answer. It's, it's um, you know, often often when we ask that question, you hear, you know, things like flowers, giving it to, to a homeless person maybe or, or, or something something along those lines. Um, but so that that's kind of the, the first half of the question. The, the second half, which I don't necessarily need need you to answer, or, or certainly for, for the listeners, but um, have a think about the last twenty dollars that you spent. Now, obviously, taking well, excluding uh, the essentials, petrol bits and pieces that you, you kind of need, the last kind of twenty discretionary dollars you had, you know, and and maybe have a think about whether or not that answer is the same as as previous one um you know it's just kind of interesting i guess to, to give yourself a bit of a sanity check around where you actually are spending your money yep so i guess what you're saying is are we making a deliberate choice around where we spend our money based on what makes us happy or are we just spending our money based out of habit or routine and not necessarily getting the most benefit from it Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I, I think it's an awesome game that, that kind of anyone can play. It's, it's kind of interesting to, to think about. Um, you know, we, we do take it to a, 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 a deeper degree where we kind of help our clients uh, articulate their, their overall budget around this stuff. But anyway, for the purposes of, of this, I think it's, it's just a, a nice little, little introduction. So uh, Norton, who's the author of uh, Happy Money, uh, certainly a book I'd encourage uh, everybody to have a, have a little read at. It's, it's quite interesting. He, he advocates a, a couple of different ways in which money might actually buy happiness. Uh, and one of the, the first principles he talks about is buying experiences for yourself. 
so he talks about the idea that experiences are better uh, before they happen, while they happen, and certainly after they happen. Um, and Warwick, I guess, maybe want to have a think about if, if uh, you reflected back on, you know, uh, the idea of spending a couple of grand on a television versus a couple of grand of a, on a holiday you know, and you think through that experience and you anticipate for the TV to come and you're impatient and you're frustrated, you're waiting for the, the guys to deliver it, uh, compared with the anticipation of a holiday where, you know, you certainly uh, would, would perhaps look at that as an opportunity to do research on some of the stuff you're getting up to, um, you know, a bit of excitement, telling your friends. I'm certainly not at the pub talking about uh, what TV I bought with my mates. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be... <laughs> You'd be sent to the far corner. And... Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And and I, I think what you're, you're touching on here is the holiday experience. I, I think back to, well, all as recently as, as last year, but we... In January of last year, I booked in to go skiing with my wife and kids. Um, first time ever skiing. I've always been a skier, but taking the family was a really exciting thing for me. We booked it in in January. It wasn't until late June that we left, and then we, we had a fortnight in New Zealand, and then we came back. And I will remember that for the rest of my life and, and the experiences and the, the joy that it came and also the fear on my wife's eyes when she saw me taking my kids down a slightly harder run than they should have been skiing for their level but that, that's all part <laughs> of the joy um but also the the build up to it I, I got six months worth of you know and the kids counting down on the calendar how many days left and how many days left and doing research online and showing them the mountains and showing them all the stuff we we're going to do um when you're over there the, the holiday absolutely flies as as life does but the money we spent on that holiday compared to say retaining wall or a telly as you said or or a or a new lounge or something like that and and also on on your point i I, and perhaps a few of our listeners would also be able to relate to this i can find landmarks of my life i can pinpoint to certain years when i i knew i was traveling so 96 i was in in america and mexico on a holiday with mates 99 2002 or 2000 i was at the olympics uh, attending but Ask me what I did in 2003 when I didn't really have a planned holiday or a planned experience. I was, it's kind of all a bit of a blur. Totally, yeah. And, and there is a, a study done uh, which highlights this. Uh, and the study was done on people um, and, and their honeymoons uh, for those that, that had recently got married. And anecdotally, the, the responses showed that the week before the, the honeymoon, they were very excited, obviously, during the honeymoon, uh, things were okay, but not perfect. Um, and I'll kind of, yeah, not, not go any deeper on that one. Um, and, and I knew the, I should have lived with him first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the week after, the respondent said that it was it was good. Um, so you fast forward 20 years and you ask these people about their honeymoons and the feedback is it was amazing. Um, our minds are, are you're kind of uh, built to forget negative experiences. But again, it just highlights as exactly what, what you said now. You, you look back on your holidays and these experiences, not necessarily just holidays, but experiences, uh, you know, with, with a real fondness uh, to the point where they might even start to define who you are as a person. You know, I certainly don't have my Panasonic in my uh, personality profile. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, secondly, Norton talks about the idea of spending money to buy time. 
which is kind of interesting work. I know you work with a lot of small businesses and, and small business owners, uh, which is kind of interesting. I know time time pressure is is always about, but we're in the gig economy, you know, where there's this uh, Airtasker and Fiverr and all these awesome uh, tools that are available to help us buy time and, and focus on things which would make us much, much more happier. Uh, the the article or in the book, they talk about the idea that, um, you know, the idea of buying a bigger home wouldn't necessarily make you happier if it meant that it had to be a little further away and your commute to work was, you know, uh, much longer than what it otherwise would have been, even if you had bought a, a fancy car to do the commute. You know, it's kind of those time constraints can start to eat away at your, your happiness utility. Yep. Or buying yourself a bigger home on an acreage. It's a lot of work that goes into that. Got to be really sure. I've seen plenty of people buy the acreage and then they become a slave and really resent their dream home because they actually forgot that it's it's basically a full time job on a weekend maintaining a property. So they've got this absolute postcard quality home that they end up hating because they don't actually get to do spend time doing anything that they enjoy. So yeah, and I think you know we were talking a little earlier about you know mowing mowing the lawns and you know the idea I suppose that if it, if it t- took you a, a couple of hours to to mow the lawns or you could pay somebody half an hour to do maybe a, a just as good a job. Oh, exactly, and and so that's where it's my my thing for the for the businesses out there would be know what you do and do it well and delegate or eliminate some of the other stuff because. If you're not passionate about it or it's of low value, you shouldn't be doing it. As you touched on, Ray, in, in today's economy, whether it's using, um, you know, outsourcing like Upwork or, or Fiverr or something like that, or as simple as just going out to the local local paper and getting getting in gyms mowing and, and, you know, it takes me two hours to do the lawn. In two hours' time, I can get a lot of work done and, and you know, and do highly valuable work for our clients and make money, or I can pay a guy uh, about $60 an hour and he'll come in and do my lawn in about 40 minutes. <laughs> Absolute no-brainer to me is to work out, place a value on my time. So buying yourself time, I, I'm quite passionate about that because many small business owners are slaves to their business because they end up being a very highly paid receptionist for their own <laughs> business. <laughs> Yeah, the expensive receptionist. I, uh, it's quite apt. <laughs> yep. um, and look, uh, uh, thirdly, uh, it's kind of nice that this is the last kind of point because it's it's one that Norton would suggest is a, a way to guarantee money giving you happiness is, uh, in fact, not spending it on yourself but on others. And the way that he proves this or validates that point uh, is is based on a couple of experiments that they did in Canada and Uganda. So total opposite parts of the world, different cultures, different societies, um, you know, different histories, uh, two totally different types of of people or data sets, I guess. Uh, And what what they did was they given people $20 um, or the the currency equivalent of of $20 and said uh, that, uh, on that day, they needed to spend that money either on themselves or on somebody else. And they kind of created um, a data set A, data set B, depending upon what the instruction was. They then, at the end of the experiment, went back and interviewed everybody that went through and either spent it on themselves or spent it on others. And unequivocally, every time, people that had spent money on others came back saying that they'd enjoyed spending the money or they'd enjoyed the experience much more than those that had spent it on themselves. 
and you know the the other point around that is uh, you look at perhaps lottery winners and and those that uh, come into a big big sums of money often it can leave people less happy than what they were prior to to getting the money um, and that's because money can can change things people uh, start to often you know buy a nicer home a nicer car and you know start to start to spend a whole bunch of money on themselves but it's not necessarily the areas where where you will uh, find find true happiness and in my um, witnessing some of this and sometimes it might be in the form of inheritance it's almost they spend because it's expected of them well now you've got money you can upgrade your home you can upgrade your car is there if if you're into your cars great but if you're not and you're happy in your Camry don't go and buy the the BMW or the or the Tesla just because money bank to do so it's yeah the the incremental happiness that that creates or it actually probably subtracts from your happiness right so talk to us about some of your experiences and you, I know you had an example with you know perhaps people living on a budget and and they were finding it tight for cash flow even though that um, what what what's some of the processes that you work with people to to help identify where they can get the best happiness out of their their money? Sure, sure. Um, and going back to where we started the podcast, asking uh, where you would spend the twenty bucks that would give you the, the the most amount of happiness. It's kind of a process we went through, or we are going through, I should say, with a, a client of mine who is in their last year of, of working life, so they've resigned and just kind of going through the process now and. I, we knew we knew that they were sort of reaching the end of their career and I'd asked them to keep a close eye on, on the amount of money that they were spending so that we could do a little bit of longevity work for them. And they came back and said that they spend 90 grand a year, which anecdotally is, is high. It's, it's a, that's, a, that's a nice, a very comfortable uh, type of retirement uh, based on sort of my experience of what I see with, with clients. And the client was kind of challenging the, the number themselves, they thought that it was higher than probably what it needed to be. But they were looking at the budget and they were saying, you know what, uh, Ray, how do we work through our budget to, to see where, where the fat is, so to speak? You know, they, they couldn't quite quite work it out. So one of the things that we've we've developed is is something that's known as a as a happy budget or a money happiness budget. And the process is it goes like this. So if you print out the last month of expenses, say out of your, your spending account, and you print that out, and you've got it sitting in front of you, line by line, look at each of the expenses that you've got, and assign them each either a happy face, an apathetic face, or or a sad face. It's a symbol of uh, the amount of happiness that 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 expense gave you. Uh, an example of that would be Foxtel. So you might see 150 bucks come out of your your account for Foxtel. You might be very happy with that because Foxtel, you know what, is a really important thing in your life and you can afford it and it gives you comfort and uh, gives you something to look forward to when you, you go home. You use it. You use it. Um, or you might go, you know what, I don't use Foxtel at all. I don't even know why I've got the thing. The price has crept up on me. I got excited into a promotional uh, onboarding thing, I guess, and, and now it's sitting there and it's taking – 150. It's taxing my my account. 150 bucks. I don't know that I'm I'm getting that. Or, type of or you've had it from 20 years ago and never turned it off, and the rest of the world's caught up, and you've now got Stan, Netflix, unlimited content within centimeters from your phone. You know, you you can watch anything anywhere, anytime. Yeah. And you've got this legacy expense that's just rolling through your system that you've never, and and your habits and have changed, but your your spending hasn't. Yeah. 
Totally, yeah. Uh, but what I think, I think the, the important part about that is it's not me as an advisor saying to these guys, 150 bucks on Foxtel, that's ridiculous. Or 150 bucks on Foxtel, that's fantastic. It's it, it's not it's not what I think. It's 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 them telling me what they value. Exactly, because you could have two people, could be twin brothers, same age, same everything. One absolutely loves it. It's a great investment for him. One doesn't use it, or it's it's they're indifferent to it. Perhaps not a great use of funds, uh, given its limited resources. You know that Foxtel money would be better spent elsewhere for that particular person and exactly as you said it's it's an individual thing to it's not for an advisor accountant anyone else made at the pub it's not for anyone else other than the person to really understand their values to get the most out of it totally and if that's sixty dollars an hour to get the gardening done so that you can spend time with your kids then cool um but you know keep yourself honest about that and and be be introspective uh you know focus on on where where you've spent that money at the end of the month, the client will sort of have a, a list of happy faces, apathetic faces and, and sad faces and, you know, it'll start to show where there are opportunities to review where they're spending their money. Uh, yeah. And I suspect we'll, we'll get to a, a good place. Yeah, really good advice there, right? Now, just on budgeting, my, my view around budgeting both personal and at a, a business level, like, you know, for a start, it's good to have a budget so that you know how much it costs you to keep the doors open if you're a small business owner. You need to know that, let alone how much you need to do at the top line, sales-wise, new client-wise, project-wise, to deliver the margin that you need to do better than break even and, and deliver a great lifestyle. Um, but once you know what you've got in your budget, that's at least what's, what's its cost to, you know, what it costs to keep the doors open, as I said. Um, but then at a personal level, you've also got, um, you know, budgeting. A lot of people said, oh, budgeting, I hate, you know, means missing out, it means missing out. To me, it's not, it, budgeting doesn't mean you miss out. What budgeting means is you're actually making a, a planned decision on where you're going to spend your limited funds. Like none of us have the money tree out the back, unfortunately. So we've all got limited money. Where is it going to deliver the most bang for our buck? Because if we don't have a conscious plan about where we're spending it and really understand where our money's going, we will spend the money up until the point that the money runs out and then we will miss out on the things that really count to us. So if we've spent the money on the Foxtel and the and maybe some takeaway food and some whatever and we're that really makes us happy, well, great. But if we've spent the money on that and we're indifferent or about that and then we get halfway through the month but we've still and then all of a sudden well there's a concert coming up of our favorite artist and we just can't afford to go and see them or we can't afford to pay for the holiday that we'd like really like to go on well it's it's because we haven't made a, a conscious deliberate decision around where we're allocating our money so personal budgeting isn't limiting your choices we've still got the same amount of money it's just about being smarter with our choices for and making an active decision about where we're, we're going to allocate our funds so um really recommend people to to sort of i guess it's just tilt the traditional view of budgeting on its head it's it's not about missing out it's actually about maximizing what you can get from your money and making a, a conscious decision around that so right any other bits around personal budgeting that you've seen clients benefit from or yeah look i i think I, the the experience thing isn't isn't to be understated we uh, we have this theory where where experiences give you uh twice the amount of juice from from the one fruit so uh as as norton talks about you you certainly get the the enjoyment of anticipating and researching and and talking about experiences 
as well as the experience. You know, one of one of my joys is is working with clients who who are fortunate enough to be retired and, and talking through where where they're enjoying spending spending their time and their experiences versus those who might try to you know maybe keep up with the Joneses at times. They're finding themselves running up corporate ladders and, and working really hard to create the the healthier account balance. But uh, you know, if they were to do that that money happiness budget type of exercise I, I just wonder how many happy faces would be there and um, look frankly if, if you're, you're running around being busy uh, to create a life where you're not not necessarily doing the things you want to do you've got to question what what the point is really so yeah I think that's that's probably another another place that I I certainly see uh, you know those that do do it well do it really well yep and I guess out of this and it's something we can all take back to our, our respective businesses is you know, what does this actually mean for you as a business owner, but also your team? So as we touched on earlier, as a business owner, make sure that you're only doing what you love and is high value. And if it's low value work or it's doing something that you hate, doesn't energise you, well, my view would be, you know, depending on the industry you're in, but you can probably for a lot of this stuff, it's low value. It can be replicated for $30 an hour or less. Pay someone to do that so that you're out there generating some high value work or you're doing what you love, and you'll probably find that not only does it is it not costing you money because you're actually creating more revenue than you're actually saving by not paying someone else. So, top of that, you'll be energised and, and focused on your work. Yeah, now, and, and so just on that as well, I, I think there's there's also um, an argument for those clients of yours who are small business owners to maybe think about their staff and how they motivate their staff. Yeah, definitely. So you know, um, with your team. And I like to use the word team because that's just a, a thing that I, you know, we're all in this together and, and we, we're all heading in the, hopefully paddling in the same direction. Um, but we all also, each team member has their own passions and interests independent of, of their work life. So I entirely agree, mate. So if someone's passionate around a particular thing, maybe it's giving them the time to go and put some money into their charity or to, to do a passionate a thing that they're passionate about, that is going to probably generate far more happiness giving them that time or the permission to go and enjoy something than actually just a pure dollar reward where it may be long forgotten. So, Ray, really appreciate you coming back to the podcast. Hope to have you on as a regular in the future. There's plenty out of this and uh, we look, look forward to chatting again. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Ray. There you have it. Whoever says money can't buy your happiness doesn't know how to spend it. Hope you all got something out of your chat we just had with Ray Jaramus and you know, understanding people's attitudes around money and how the different ways we use money can lead to different results with, with regards to our happiness. So look, a few takeaways from that chat. So number one, um, have a happiness budget. Identify what makes you happy, what you're indifferent about or what you're negative about as part of your you know, your monthly expenditures or your annual expenditures. Then go and make a conscious decision about where your money goes. Now, budgeting is not about missing out. It really annoys me when people talk about that, oh, I can't have a budget, I, I, I wouldn't be able to stick to it, I'd miss out. That's not the point of a budget. Deliberate choices around your spending mean that you can actually spend where you're going to get most benefit and you're not going to be, you know, your spending's not going to be done by default and therefore missing out. Um, it's just as soon as the money runs out. Uh, number two takeaway, buy yourself time. Now, this was the uh, one of the principles from Norton's article there. Now, personally and professionally, value your time. It's 
our only non-renewable resource. Only do what you love and is of high value. Identify what's of low value or you hate and eliminate or delegate it. You do those things, you're going to be happier at work because you're only doing what's high value and, and you love. You're going to be more energised because, again, you're doing something you love and your business is actually going to perform better because that is going to translate into the performance of your business. So if, if you can really live true to that, you will be a mile in front. The third principle from Norton's book, focus on others. Spend money on others. Have a purpose. What do you stand for? Now, that could be investing money back into the local football club, the local charity, fathers in education, whatever it is that floats your boat and makes you feel important. Do that. The science is very clear. It is going to deliver far more happiness than than just frittering away money for something that you perhaps don't have a passion about or don't believe in. And similarly with your team, invest in them. Make them better. Understand their dreams, what they want to do, perhaps from their career, but also personally. They've got a passion to do something that they they just don't have the time. Rather than give them a a small bonus, give them a day off to go and, you know, on the condition they they spend it on something they're passionate about. So there you have it. There are my takeaways from the chat with Ray Dramas and, you know, our attitudes to money and money can't buy your happiness, or can it? Hopefully there's a few nuggets of wisdom in there that'll help you and your small business get to the contest. Bye for now.